0: Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. You know, I know I told you I wasn't going to drop a podcast this week since it was our family Sabbath break, but I felt a stirring to do this podcast and to do it now. So bear with me. It's unedited. It's raw. It's not done in my usual soundproof closet. I'm doing it on the spot while on vacation in the best place I could find. So thanks for your grace and thanks for listening anyway. Moms, sisters in Christ, fellow homeschoolers, I want to have a very difficult conversation with you today. But first, I'd like to tell you a little story. So bear with me, you'll understand why. There once was a farmer who owned quite a bit of land. And one day while he was out surveying his property, he noticed a pack of wild wild pigs grazing on his land. He knew they were too strong and strong-willed to be captured, but he decided to try it anyway. He knew they would be quite profitable and would come in handy one day. He thought they were wild and strong, but he also considered them very dumb and feeble. So he devised a plan to capture them. Early one morning, the farmer went out to the area where he spotted the wild pigs. He sprinkled food and feed for them and then hid behind some trees. He watched in secret as the herd of wild pigs arrived and began feasting on the food that the farmer left. The farmer did the same thing the next day and a few more days and watched. Then one day, while they were eating, he slowly approached them and gently began sprinkling more feed and food for them. Instead of running away, the pigs timidly and cautiously accepted his presence and then continued to eat. The farmer did this a few more days until the wild pigs no longer looked skittish when the farmer approached. He seemed safe enough, and he brought them food. Early the next morning, the farmer built one side of a wooden fence to the north of where the wild pigs usually gathered to eat. He placed the usual food in the usual spot and left. When the pigs feasted that day, they didn't really notice or care about the wooden structure next to their food. Then early the next morning, the farmer added a second portion of the fence and connected it to the first section. He left food for the pigs and then promptly left for the day. This time, the wild pigs did notice an odd structure, but they weren't bothered by the L-shaped wooden fence by their food supply. On the third morning, the farmer added one more section, creating a U-shaped structure. He left food for the pigs in their usual spot and went on his merry way. The pigs were a bit surprised and a little skittish when they arrived the next day, but they ate their food and left no scraps. On the final morning, the farmer added one last side of the fence, creating a fenced-in portion of the field. However, the last section of the fence had a very large gate. The farmer added extra food and made sure it was quite a treat that day. He left the gate wide open, which led to the normal spot where they could find the food, and then the farmer hid behind the trees and watched. As the wild pigs approached the fenced-in area, they were hesitant, but sniffing the feast that was laid out for them in their usual spot, one by one they filed into the fenced-in yard and promptly began to eat. While they were engrossed in their meal, the farmer gently closed the gate And locked them in forever. By the time they noticed they were trapped, it was too late. The farmer had coaxed them for weeks, creating a false reality for them, providing them with something they thought they needed. Little by little, the wild pigs gave up their freedoms. Some were oblivious to it. Some noticed, but were distracted by the feast before them. And some just blindly followed what the rest of the wild pigs were doing. The farmer had cleverly fenced them in, little by little, enticing them to come back each day and to trust him. In the end, he didn't have to force them at all to enter the fenced-in yard. He only needed to snap the gate shut once they complacently walked right through it. All of his effort and devious planning actually happened in the prior weeks. When it came time to finally capture them, Little to no effort was needed on the farmer's part. The wild and naive and unsuspicious little pigs actually did all the work for the farmer. I think you might see where I'm going with this story and why we need to have a hard conversation today, but bear with me and let me tell you a brief little story. I'm sure you've heard this one before, but it's so relevant to today and to our hard conversation I'd like to have. I know you're familiar with the cook and the frog. Down south, I love me some frog legs, so hearing a story about a chef trying to cook a frog always made complete sense to me, and it's definitely a problem Cajun chefs have. Anyway, the chef noticed every time he placed some frogs into his pot, they immediately jumped out and escaped. He couldn't get those little boogers to stay in the pot. So one day, the chef decided to place the frogs into a large pot with some cool water. They didn't mind it. They like water. As they splashed and moved about, enjoying the coolness of the water, the chef slowly increased the heat. The temperature change was so subtle that the frogs didn't even notice. Little by little, the chef slowly and gradually increased the heat. The frogs also got used to the slight temperature change of the water and just went ahead and adjusted to the new environment each and every time. But little did they realize that the heat was reaching a dangerous temperature. They were slowly dying, yet they had no idea. Before, sorry, remember, this is unedited. Before the frogs knew it, the water was boiling and their time was now limited. Again, the chef didn't need to do much once he got those frogs in the pot. Once he got them used to the slow but gradual changes, it was easy to manipulate them, to trick them, and to keep them quiet and still. The frogs were contempt and pretty comfortable. They had no idea that they gave up their freedoms long before the water even began to boil. Moms, fellow sisters in Christ, my homeschooling friends, we are the wild pigs. We are the frogs. Little by little, we have been enticed into submission and silence. In the area of education, whether we've been homeschooling forever or we have just started, we have allowed the school districts and the school boards and the state's department of education to decide what's best for our kids and how they should learn and what they should learn, especially the past seven months with COVID. Homeschoolers, who live in states with the strictest of guidelines, or if controlled or entered, enrolled in a charter school ruled by public school policies, we've been slowly giving away our rights as parents and home educators to those at the top and who think or they are in control. We forgot we're the ones in control. We're the parents. We are the primary educators we've also compromised little by little to the point that now some things seem irreversible and we're beginning to feel the consequences of all of our compromises. And even if we homeschool, we should be very concerned with what's going on in the public school system and what's being taught there. The children in those classrooms and those innocent teens in those high school courses will one day be our policymakers. Do we really want them believing that there's no such thing as absolute truth? Do we want them learning that America was founded on evil principles by evil men and women? Do we want them to believe that socialism and communism are not only okay, but far superior to their freedom, liberties, and free enterprise? Do we want them learning that hard work isn't needed that everything we need can just be taken from those who have more than us? Do we want them believing that color or race or ethnic background does matter more or that it matters more than a person's character and their behavior? I'm going out on a limb right here, but I'm thinking that your answers to these questions are probably similar to my answers. And that would be no. We absolutely do not. In the area of faith, we have also slowly and freely given our freedoms away. We have compromised little by little in the name of social justice. We've been told there's no absolute truth. You do you, I'll do me. What's true for you may not be true for me. We've been told that love is love is love. But when we see a child, a friend, a spouse, a neighbor, someone we love going down a dangerous path, is it love to not speak up and share God's word and truth with them? Are we not part of the problem by remaining silent and hoping for the best? How in the world did we get to this point in America where we are told we cannot worship together, we cannot gather together, we cannot pray together? How in the world does this happen? It's happening little by little. We're slowly being fenced in. We're compromising. We are giving away our freedoms little by little. Some of us willingly went through the gate It seemed safer on the inside. For some of us, our friends were going into the fenced yard, so it seemed like a safe thing to do. Moms, fellow homeschoolers, sisters in Christ, we have become the pigs. We have become the frogs. But is it too late for us? Is it too late for our friends, for our country, for our children? Is it too late to get out of the boiling pot? I know it isn't comfortable right now, I know you can feel the heat slowly rising. I feel it. I feel the oppression, and people are ready to blow. And for those of us who might be on the outside of the fenced in yard, is it too late to help our friends inside the fenced in yard? Do they even see that they're trapped? Do they want out but can't figure out how to escape? Or do they not see yet that their safety can only be found outside of the fenced in yard? How can we help them? This is the hard conversation. Can we really make a difference? Should we step out of our comfort zone? Now, before answering that question, let me ask you another quick little question. I promise I'm going somewhere with all this. I heard Dinesh D'Souza ask this question last week in a speech he gave. When it comes to the lion and the lion tamer, Who's more powerful? Well, the lion, right? Well, how come the lion tamer can get a powerful, mighty lion to do what it wants with a simple chair and whip? You know, Clyde Beatty was the first lion tamer to use this tactic. He was the first, he was one of the first lion circus acts to survive to old age and not be maimed or killed by a lion in the circus ring. You know, the whip gets all of the attention, but it's mostly for show. Or it's only used when absolutely necessary. In reality, it's the chair that does the important work. How did he do it, and why the chair and whip? You know, a lion can easily overpower, maul, and kill a person. However, it's only easy for the powerful lion to do so if it can focus on a singular object or a singular person or prey. The lion tamer uses the stool or chair as a method of distraction. The lion, when faced with the legs of the stool, tries to focus on all four legs at once. With its focus divided, the lion becomes confused and is unaware or unsure of what to do next. Confused and unable to focus, It just stands there, frozen, this mighty lion, frozen. When faced with so many options, the lion chooses to freeze and wait instead of attacking the man holding the chair. The lion tamer remains relatively safe behind his stool of distraction. Moms, my sisters in Christ, my fellow homeschooling soldiers, This tactic is being used on us, our children, and our society today. Those who wish to suppress and undermine God's plans do so with intimidation, the whip, and with lots and lots of distraction. We are the mighty lion. The church is the mighty lion. However, we've been lured into submission with distractions. Tons and tons of distractions. Like the lion in the circus, most of the time we just sit quietly, gazing at the chair in front of us, silently debating about which leg is the most important one to focus on, which leg of the chair is worth doing, which leg of the chair is the one worth talking about. We have so much going on around us and so much misinformation being spewed at us that we sit frozen, Quiet, timid, not knowing what is truly important and actually what's real. Moms, sisters in Christ, my fellow homeschooling friends, church, we're focusing on the wrong things. Then, if we even dare to move out towards the lion tamer and to exert our God-given strengths and freedoms like the lion would, we're then hit with the whip. Things are forced on us. If we we don't believe a certain way, we're reminded with the whip what we should believe. If we don't act a certain way, we're reprimanded with fines and we're reminded that we need to follow suit, a.k.a. the whip. We need to stay in our lane. Don't think about bucking the system or crossing the lion tamer. If he can't keep us distracted with the chair, then he'll whip us into submission. The lion tamer has successfully kept us, the mighty lion, in its place. So again I ask you, why is the lion tamer more powerful than the lion? Simply put, the lion has no idea just how powerful he really is. If he did, he would be. it would be game over for the lion tamer. Once the lion realizes his strength, he has the power to take complete and total control. Moms, sisters in Christ, my fellow homeschooling mamas, the church is the lion. We are the lion. We need to wake up and act like the mighty, powerful lion that God has created us to be. I strongly believe that we're called to maim and kill the policies that are keeping us down. The policies that are keeping us from worshiping as a church, keeping us from gathering with our friends and family, keeping us from learning together, keeping us from living in our freedoms our Constitution provides, and keeping us from exerting the rights given to us by our Creator. We need to maim and kill the evil ideologies which are being taught in our schools. We need to roar. We need to move. We need to be heard. We need to stop being the silent majority. God, however, is not calling us to maim and kill our fellow neighbors who are acting maybe like the lion tamers. But God is calling us to get out of the circus ring. God is calling us to stop focusing on that chair, to stop being so scared of that little whip, to reach out to those lion tamers in our lives who are trying to keep us down, and we need to reach out to them with grace and with love. So how should we act with friends and family members who are still in the pot, still in that fenced yard, perhaps they're even taking on the role of a lion tamer? The hard conversation is how should we act against the evil and the lies that are all around us? Okay, so let me end with one more story. It's full of great advice, and it involves coffee, so I know it's a good one. One morning, there was a young mother having coffee with her mom. She was telling her mom how hard it was being a mom, how tired she was from the sleepless nights and the endless running around after the toddlers all day. The young mom even confessed to her mother that she had totally lost it the other day in front of her kids, and she took it all out on her husband. She was distracted, she was tired, she was weary and worn out, and it was showing in the way she was reacting to her family. Her mom sweetly looked in her eye, held her hand, and asked, Sweet pea, are you a carrot, an egg, or a strong cup of coffee? Bewildered, the young mom said, Huh? "'Come on, Mom, I need help. I don't know. "'That's a silly question to ask me right now.' Well, the mom continued and proceeded to explain as she put a kettle on for a fresh pot of coffee. "'Well, honey, if I put a carrot into this boiling water, "'the carrot, which was once strong and firm, "'will quickly become very limp. "'In the boiling water, it becomes soft and quite useless. "'The water changes the carrot.' Or if I put an egg in the boiling water, the egg, which was once soft and able to bring forth life, becomes hard and lifeless. In boiling water, the egg becomes hard. The water changes the egg. But Sweet Pea, if I put these coffee beans into the water, the water becomes something different, something better, something that can be enjoyed by all. Instead of the water changing the coffee the coffee changes the water the coffee makes the water better so the mom asked her daughter again honey you're a carrot an egg or a coffee bean are you letting the circumstances around you turn you into something hard and unyielding or into something that's so soft that you can't stand firm on what you believe in honey are you allowing your circumstances to change you and your beliefs and values and principles Or are you reacting and acting in such a way that you're changing the people around you for the better? Are your beliefs, values, and principles being gently infused into those you meet and influence? Moms, sisters in Christ, my fellow homeschooling warriors, I'm asking us the same question. Which one are we? Are we a carrot, an egg, or coffee beans? Here's the hard part of the conversation. What are we willing to do just a few weeks before this very important election to affect those around us who don't agree with us or who quite possibly might believe in an ideology or a party platform that's dangerous to the basic rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Think about it. Are we trapped in a fenced-in yard which lacks freedoms but we're too scared or confused to get out? Are we on the outside of the fence, looking in at our friends and family who are trapped and they don't even know how to get out of it? Are we courageous enough to try and help them out by speaking truth and love into them? Are we stuck in a pot of water and we feel the heat rising and we instinctively know in our gut that this isn't right and that something is dangerous and false about the present situation? But we're afraid of how our friends, who think and vote just like us, will react if we jump out of the pot of boiling water? Are we watching some of our friends and family slowly lose their freedoms and rights? Are we brave enough to try and stop the tyrannical hand that keeps turning up the heat in order to rescue and help our friends? I say it again, moms, sisters in Christ, my fellow homeschooling friends, we need to speak up for the voiceless. We need to protect those who don't have a voice or whose voice is being silenced. Are we the lion tamer or the lion? Are our actions keeping others down? Are our actions and words keeping believers from worshiping and gathering? Are we helping to distract believers with misinformation and divisive comments? Or are we the lion, the mighty, powerful lion who just needs to be awakened out of its slumber of distraction? Who needs to roar and finally be heard? We need to be heard through our vote, through our actions, and through our voices. My hope is as we've had this hard conversation that I have been more of a coffee bean to you. It's my prayer that you and me, moms, fellow sisters in Christ, homeschooling moms and prayer warriors, that we won't be negatively changed by the current political environment and our current personal situations, but that we will change for the better the people we encounter and the places we visit. Talk with your friends and family. Have the hard conversations. Don't be the lion tamer. Be the lion. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little unexpected, impromptu coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. You know, it's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast, our Instagram, our website, or our new book, Just Breathe, with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who is homeschooling. Come back next week for our official launch of Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. Be a lion and see you next time.